Hi, I'm Alexis. And I'm Dre. This is Altered, a wedding podcast that focuses on weddings affected by the pandemic. And everything in between. Each week, we will talk to different couples from all over. And wedding vendors across the world. To show that even though we may be going through unprecedented times, your special day is still within reach. Very excited to have our next guest today. Thank you so much for being here with us. Why don't you tell us who you are and where you're from originally? Uh, Hi, guys. My name is Vanessa. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here as well. So just a little background about myself. I am half French, half Indonesian. I live in Bali right now. I am a wedding planner, Eventures, it's called. I am excited to share more of this with you guys. Wonderful. How did you get involved with the wedding industry? I initially started with studying hospitality in Switzerland, and I specialize into event management. When I finished college, I came back to Indonesia and started working with a wedding planning company, which also just started at that time. It was owned by a friend of mine. It was not a a market that I was used to or familiar with because it specializes in Indian weddings. It was something very new for me. But I thought I'd give it a go, and I turned out to enjoy it a lot. So here I am, what, 14 years later. Congratulations on 14 years. (laughs) Thank you. Would you say that your company specializes in Indian weddings? Yes, we specialize in destination Indian weddings, mostly. We do get some, say, local Indonesian weddings once in a while. But we prioritize our schedule for Indian weddings. It's something that we're very passionate about because of the traditions, uh, the culture. It's just a lot of fun. Cool. So with Destination Weddings, is that worldwide or do you specifically stay more in the Southern Hemisphere? We're based in Bali. We are definitely open to hopefully one day travel the world and do weddings everywhere. But right now it's been mostly Southeast Asia. We've done Hong Kong, which is not part of Southeast Asia. Then whatever's around here. So Singapore, Thailand, then around Indonesia. So if it's not Bali, then we have Jakarta as well. And you work with your husband? Yes. What is it like working with your husband? It's interesting. We actually didn't start as romantic partners. We started as business partners first. So he approached me and said, do you want to like work together and start a wedding planning company? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? That was in 2011. And people say one thing led to another. And then (laughs) (laughs) we got married in 2014. We, We figure out along the way that we had a lot in common. And when it comes to work, we handle completely different things. It works very well for us. That's really nice to hear, to be able to have the discipline of working together. And then, of course, lifetime partners on top of that. (laughs) It comes with the pros and cons, obviously. Sure. I worked with my husband before. When we first started dating, we we were working together. And in fact, scandalous, he was my boss. But he wasn't my boss in the very beginning. He was actually in a different department, and then they downsized, and he became my boss. <laughs> but it, it sounds a bit more complicated, right? I guess for sure. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So since you were working together and then you started a relationship and then you got married while having this business, did you guys both have a hand in your own wedding? Oh, yes, of course. We planned everything in the beginning, as in the whole planning process we did together. But on the day itself, we got our team to run it. And our team being (laughs) the best team for us, they're amazing. They didn't let us do anything. I have a bit of OCD sometimes. So I'm like, okay, what's going on? I want to know why is that happening? What's going on there? They didn't keep me in the loop of anything going on the day. They just let me relax and be a bride. Oh, good. As it should be. So tell us a bit about your company, Eventures. I know you specialize in mainly Southeast Asia, but what sets you apart in terms of being unique? We like to focus on hospitality. Vishal and I are very hands-on, I would say. We don't take two weddings at the same time. We deal with the client directly. The larger chunk of every aspect in the wedding are handled directly by Vishal and myself. Then once that's all come up together, then we would delegate it on the day. But all the pre-planning is done by me and Vishal. We really want to know exactly what's going on, where, and we want to be able to give the client as much as possible. How does your marketing work being based in Bali and you have such an incredible outreach to all over that area of the world? How have you structured that element of your business? Definitely word of mouth. Our clients, people who do destination weddings, they come from the US, the UK, Hong Kong, Australia. So it's not really people within Southeast Asia who come and get married in Bali. Most of our clients are based in the States or in the UK, I would say. Oh, okay. Yeah. When you start talking with a couple, I'm assuming talking over Zoom or whatnot, how do you work remotely to get things kicked off and get the bride, the groom's vision? In the initial phases, we always want our couple to be comfortable with us. I'm sure before starting this whole wedding planning process, they're looking around planners, venues, whatever it is. We always tell them, you guys need to go with whatever you guys are comfortable with. Then once you're comfortable with your client, we can make things work out. Now, all the technical parts, we have WhatsApp groups with our clients, so we're always available for them. We always work with different time zones. I'm sure you you probably understand because we're also on different time zones now. Nothing for you. (laughs) (laughs) Is this part for the course? We're pretty much always available 24-7. We understand that when our clients work during the week, we also make ourselves available during the weekends. We, We set up Zoom calls. Zoom is pretty recent. It used to be WhatsApp video calls or Skype before. We'd have a call maybe every two to three weeks, but we're always available for them. Can you tell us a little bit about your team? Right now, there's just Vishal and myself under normal conditions. There's a team of four. There's Vishal, myself, and two others, one who handles things like the smaller items, I would say, your wedding cakes, your souvenirs. And then there is another person who handled the RSVPs, basically the guest management, getting flight details of the guests. Now, that's all during pre-planning. But during the event itself, we have a larger team, which is an average of maybe 14 to 20, depending on the scale of the wedding. Mm. 
Are all the vendors that you use based in Bali or do they fly in as well for each event? It all depends on the client's wants. There are clients who prefer using everyone locally, but most of the time we fly in people. So a photo video team would be, say, for example, from Malaysia, from India. We've had photo video teams from the UK as well. Makeup artists is one of the most popular vendor who are all pretty much always flown from wherever the couple is based. All weddings are different, and I'm sure all Indian weddings are super different too. But can you give us a rundown on maybe the most basic Indian wedding, what that entails? Oh, of course. It goes over three, four days. Before day zero, guests would be flying in. They would have a pre-welcome dinner. That's for the immediate family members who are already in Bali. Then day one, they would have some sort of small prayers in the morning. Then during the day, that's where the big chunk of guests would come in. So if you have a guest list of, say, for example, 300 people, maybe 60% of the guests would be coming in on that day. Then on that night itself, they would have a formal welcome dinner, followed by an after party. That usually goes on till very late, maybe Mm -hmm. four, five, (laughs) six in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) the next day they would have a pool party or they would have a main the event where they put henna on in the afternoon Mm -hmm. day two night would be a sangeet which is a night of music and dance on this event the family would perform for the couple so they would have practiced back home and and come up with a 30 to 40 minute show of different dances for the couple they then go on and dance until wee hours again. Are you there that whole time? This is where Vishal and I divide our work. I usually do the morning shift and handle all the prayers and Vishal does a night shift and he handles after party. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good idea that you guys split shifts. (laughs) Now, you mentioned handling prayers. Does that mean Indian weddings are rooted in religious tradition? Not all of them. For example, the wedding ceremony that happens on the third day, that usually is pretty similar. There would be like a few minor different rituals within the ceremony, but then it's not all the same. So they have Sindhi traditions, uh, Punjabi tradition, Gujarati traditions. Mm. And even within these traditions, depending on how the family culture is, then they would tweak it a little bit here and there depending on their belief. Very interesting. I think you got up to day three, though, which you were saying is the wedding ceremony. Yes, followed by the reception at night. And then day four. Sometimes they do some sort of farewell brunch for whoever is staying back, but mostly day four is 60-70% people are checking out or they would be moving to another hotel if they're extending their stay in Bali. Is there a specific wedding season for Bali or for that region? Summer is usually very popular. So June, July, August is very busy. Because uh, of the length of a lot of these weddings, which sounds very fun, but also very taxing. Have you come across any situations where people have wanted dates that are too close and you need time in between? Or has that just not been a problem or do you just go with it? Oh, no, of course. We've had many cases, especially during peak season. If the events are overlapping, then we definitely won't take two weddings at the same time. 
as the pandemic worsened overseas, what was that immediate impact for your business? Oh, well, <laughs> there were a lot of postponements. There were some cancellations. I would say maybe 40 to 50% of our weddings got canceled. They ended up deciding getting married in their hometown, in their homes, basically in a much smaller scale because they were not willing to wait for another year. Everything suddenly stopped for us. Our last wedding was in Jan. We were supposed to have a wedding in March, but all the weddings that were supposed to happen in March, April, May were canceled last minute. Wow. Yeah, I was wondering if you were super close to potentially a wedding or even had a couple there. That would just be such a difficult situation. I can't imagine. It's good. We didn't have anything going on, but we did have weddings that were going to happen within two, three weeks. And then they decided to cancel last minute or they did it in their hometown, if I'm not mistaken. Taking a sidestep from weddings for a moment, what was the pandemic experience for you being based in Bali? The cases here are not as high as everywhere else because Bali runs on tourism. Bali itself has taken a very big impact. Everything is shut. Hotels are closed. Even if they're open, they have a very low occupancy. You just got to wear a mask, go out. But it's pretty dead. I would say nothing's going on over here. Nothing's happening. It's good that you feel safe. It's so interesting. People's experience during this time is so location dependent, having friends Mm -hmm. either in Australia or Europe and even within our country, just depending on what state, very different feeling. So it's really interesting hearing kind of everyone's own personal journey with this really strange year. (laughs) I can't imagine how it is over there. Don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my fiance and I decided to push our wedding, which was supposed to be in Northern California. And so we pushed to May of 2022. And we're trying to figure out whether or not to have a, a mini money with my parents because my parents are older. Being able to do this with Andre has been such a wonderful kind of therapeutic outlet to be able to talk about weddings, which is such a joyful, wonderful thing and come together with everyone who's having such a unique experience, just talking to people all over the world and just being able to live vicariously through the fact that you're in Bali and, and dreaming of going there someday. It's really inspiring. Yeah, I'm sure it's not easy because you can't make any decisions. So you don't know what's going to happen, even if you postpone are things still going to be okay by then or not i think this is a question that everyone has in their mind it's definitely a very odd time to be planning a wedding (laughs) what has been the most difficult aspect of your job during the pandemic in terms of working with different couples i think the uncertainty is what's the most difficult because the couple would come up to us with questions sometimes it's things that we can't answer things like what do you think we should do should we postpone or when do we postpone to this month or this month it's the uncertainty that's a bit difficult for us as much as we want to be able to help the couple make the best decisions or we we can't do that we've had couples who have postponed to april from early this year and now they're still considering of postponing again we thought by the end of this year thing would be better that's what we thought sometime in june july but it doesn't look like anything is getting better yet 
Has Bali closed its borders at all? They've closed their borders for international travelers. Now there's a lot of local tourists. Mm. Have you acquired any new clients during the pandemic? We've had inquiries, people who are considering end 2021 or 2022, but yeah. it's been only initial talks, but nothing confirms. They've all had that same question, what happens if we confirm, but this doesn't end up getting better. But so far, no, we've, we've not confirmed anything. So I think everyone is still having second thoughts of having to travel. Is that something you've had to work into your contract for different scenarios of cancellation? How have you worked with couples in that way? With new clients, when sending our proposal, we did some revisions to our contracts based on the pandemic, but it's nothing major. How have you and your partner reconciled with the changing of your business? What are you doing to keep busy? I won't say that this pandemic happened at the right time, but I just gave birth in September last year. So congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. We've been extremely busy with our daughters. So she's keeping us very entertained. But work-wise, we have hopes that things will get better. We have looked into maybe trying to do something else. But again, this is a time where I think nothing much can be done. You know, part of wanting to do this podcast was to talk to people from all over the world and to show the wedding industry being affected by the pandemic through many different lenses, but also to bring hope and remind people that there will be a light at the end of the tunnel. Weddings will be back in full swing at some point. They just might look a little different. Thank you. We really hope all this ends soon. I was so excited to plan our daughter's first birthday. I was like, okay, now let's do this. Let's plan something. Mm -hmm. Let's order a cake. Let's do some decor. Let's get someone to take photos. It felt really nice. And I I realized how much I enjoy planning and how much I missed it. It's interesting going out to eat. I never thought I had ever take something like that for granted, but not really feeling comfortable doing that at the moment. And it's something that was always such a kind of way to connect with people and friends. Not having that ability right now has been really challenging. Being able to talk to you again on the other side of the world is incredible. And right now, I think not having that constant human connection that we're all so used to is has been such a challenge with this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, it's very refreshing to talk to you guys as well. It kind of brings up a lot of emotions for me about weddings. And again, I hope everything becomes better soon. For sure. Me too. How do you think the wedding industry will be affected long term by the pandemic? I think the scale of the weddings are going to become much smaller because people would probably be afraid to travel, I would say. But people are still going to get married and they would think twice before doing a destination wedding. They would probably consider getting married back home just for the safety of their guests, of themselves. It's so interesting because I got married in 2017. Weddings are very expensive. And so as things were adding up and we had 200 something people, I had always joked with my husband that I wanted a Tokyo destination wedding. That was like the joke. But then in my mind, I was like, what if we just cut all these people out and just do a destination wedding in any way. So it's interesting to hear 
the reverse might happen that destination weddings may not be as much of a thing because of travel. Though I would definitely still very much consider it. <laughs> Everyone has their own little dream, right? There are some people who dream of getting married in their own house. But I guess the thought of getting married in a beautiful destination or somewhere new is, is exciting to travel. It's a whole experience. It's not just getting married. You're traveling with your partner. Your friends are going to be there. Your families are going to be there. It's some sort of adrenaline for everyone. What's your biggest piece of advice for couples right now? I would say don't depend on the current situation. If you want to get married now, then do it, even if it's a small crowd or even if it's just the both of you. We've done a Zoom wedding with just the parents and the siblings. They were supposed to have a big event in Jakarta, but they canceled because the cases were going up. They decided to have a wedding at their home, which was very intimate. We were not even there, but we helped just put get the vendors together, send them a brief rundown, make sure that they get there on time. So it was done remotely. Not much to do, but we were still involved somehow. So outside of planning, what is your favorite thing about weddings? Oh, Apart from all the excitement that happens before and during, we made a lot of new friends. We made family while wedding planning. We got close to so many people. So they're not only our clients. Some of them have become family to us. That's that personal um, relationship that you have with, with your clients or even with their guests sometimes. It's something that I personally love. Did you and your husband have a song at your wedding? We're actually very shy people, so we didn't really have any first dance or any sort of mushy moments. (laughs) (laughs) I personally love this videographer who's based in India called The Wedding Filmer. They create amazing music for their clients. Their tracks are beautiful. They're on Spotify in case you guys want to listen to them. Apart from Indian music... English songs, I honestly prefer the classics, the way you look tonight. It's so hard to pinpoint. It's a hard question because there's just so much. It's like, how can you even choose just one? Mm-hmm. Music is so evocative, but it's yeah. such a universal language. It's so cool hearing how that transcends across the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So our videographer made a sizzle reel for us, and he used the song September by Earth, Wind & Fire, right? classic everything um it wasn't in our wedding at all that i can remember i don't know if maybe the dj played it on the dance floor i'm sure but he used it in the background for this reel so when i hear it you know because we'd hear that song all over the place it always makes me think of my wedding and i'm like oh yeah my wedding (laughs) it happened to me as well our videographer used a song that i ended up loving you guys curate wonderful weddings we had an opportunity to look at your website everyone needs to look at this website uh, www.eventures.asia thank Uh, you so this question the comparison is going to be ridiculous but do you have a favorite wedding from a movie many of our clients like to associate us with a Hindi movie called Ben by Jabarat, which is basically a girl and a guy who started a wedding planning business together and ended up falling in love. What? The movie came out a very long time ago. And ever since everyone keep on telling us, you guys are exactly like what happened in this movie. 
I'm like, yeah, I guess. And because in, in Hindi movies, they dance a lot. They do these songs. Then there's a specific song in this movie that a client of ours has requested. You guys should dance this song for our wedding. And we did. Cool. So sweet. So we did a performance, Michelle and I, for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's incredible. I love the dance element. I know Richard would be very shy if he knew I were about to say this on the show, but he is not a big dancer. He tends to go the opposite way with rhythm. So we will be taking <laughs> some dancing classes at some point to get him more comfortable. But he proposed at a, a musical, which we saw on one of our first dates. It's always my wedding dream that it'll be like a flash musical number. People have done this before where everyone just bursts in a musical theater. Anyway, I've never admitted that to anyone. I really hope <laughs> that Andre, who's also in my wedding, just planning that scene now. We've got two years. Um, I think the trick is as long as you keep smiling, people will just look at your face and they won't notice anything. (laughs) We've had a wonderful time speaking with you, Vanessa, about your company, eVentures. Thank you so much for taking the time to just gab with us and let us know how you're feeling. Let us know how your company has changed and evolved throughout this difficult time. We look forward to catching back up with you and for you telling us that you have to expand so much because you have too many weddings to do now. <laughs> it was a pleasure speaking to you guys. I'm very happy that we, we got to connect. It's very therapeutical, I guess, in times mm-hmm. like this to speak about your job that you can't do. But yes, again, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. It's been incredible. We're all here for each other. So let's commiserate together. If you have any questions or want to share your story, email us at info at alteredpodcast.com. After I got engaged, I found myself doing all these traditional wedding things without necessarily knowing the history of them. Why are wedding dresses white? How did the idea of an engagement ring come about? Everyone has different ideas about the wedding party. Where did all that come from? So for our ending bit each week, we'll drop some super random wedding facts. Historically, the tradition of the first dance was used to signify the start of ceremonies. This honor was bestowed on those with the highest social standing. This has transformed over the years to kick off the dance part of the reception once the meal has been served. The average cost for wedding dance classes in the U.S. ranged from $75 to $150 per lesson. Some studios offer wedding dance packages starting at around $1,000. Price factors include the amount of lessons needed, your location, and how elaborate you want your first dance to be. A quick search will show you the many interpretations of first dances, ranging from choreographed numbers, audience participation, Philanthropical performances, or a sweet dance with your dog. Mm-hmm.